This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Are you a real estate owner or property manager looking to mitigate your risk? DLC's insurance and risk management advisor, Smith Brothers Insurance, has you covered. With access to major insurers, they offer day-to-day services that make your job easier. Contact Dave Soul at 860-430-3335 or visit www.smithbrothersusa.com to learn more about managing your risk. Welcome to Retail Retold. Today I am joined by Richard Cohan. Richard is the owner of R.A. Cohan Commercial Real Estate Services. Richard spends his time helping attract retail restaurant and entertainment users to business improve two different markets on behalf of uh, those business improvement districts and or municipalities. Excited for him to be here. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you, Chris. Uh, also excited to, to be here. Very much appreciated. Um, I know you said to give you a little brief uh, intro here. So happy to tell you, uh, married the love of my life, Nadine, 37 years ago. My older son is, is Michael. Um, his, his bride is Hillary. They have two children, Ethan and Asher. Uh, Lindsay, uh, Jake is my other son. He married Lindsay. Uh, they're married about a year. No, no, uh, no kids yet. And uh, blessed with some great friends. I, at 11 years old, delivered the Newsday which was a, still there, paper on Long Island. And uh, it was 11 years old, but I learned a lot from Delivery Newsday. You go once a week, you knock on the door, you'd say collect. And many times some, some of the women would say to me, gee, my husband's not home. So I kind of learned at an early age that people probably are not all that truthful with you. Uh, the whole, what I was looking for was 30 cents with the tip might've been 50 cents, okay? Um, then as I got a bit older in life, probably about 14 and a half, I started working in the Inwood Beach Club. Uh, I was a dishwasher. I was a bus boy. I was a cabana boy. And at the beach club, I also learned at an early age, uh, some people treat you great. Some people don't. Uh, I decided, gee, I, I want to go through the rest of my life, you know, treating people great. And to this day, you know, that's the way I treat people. Just as a quick segue. Uh, Danielle, your assistant, um, she treats me like I'm Steve Schwartzman from Blackstone. Uh, obviously, I'm not. I know your company is very big on uh, best places to work, five years running. So it's, it's certainly not lost uh, on, on people uh, like Danielle. As far as professionally, as far as, as far as professionally, so I graduated University of Miami in 1981. I had a business law professor. He knew Charlie Og. Back then, Garrick Og was kind of where everyone went to start in retail store leasing, started there at Garrick Aug. Uh, over the years, over the years, I've worked with several of the larger broker house, brokerage houses uh, in New York. About 15 years ago, 34th Street Partnership recruited me. Uh, the two Dans, Dan Biederman, Dan Pizar, they recruited me be their uh, retail consultant. I prefer the word advisor. Sometimes consultant has a little bad vibe to it. I like the word advisor. Been with them about uh, 15 years. And again, what do we do? We look to attract uh, retailers, you know, ideally Apple, Whole Foods, Lulu, Crumble, Pickleball, Paddle, 
Do we, do we get all of them? Uh, of, of course not. Okay. And you can have disciples of those type of brands. And then after working uh, with the partnership, uh, Lake, Lake Charles, Louisiana uh, brought me on. Um, I work outside of Nashville and Laverne, Tennessee, a couple of cities in New Jersey, uh, downtown Somerville, um, Hackettstown. And again, all very different. I mean, the bayou of Southwest Louisiana and Midtown Manhattan, very different, Chris. That being said, a lot of common threads. When you're a building owner, when you're a landlord, you kind of look for the same thing in a, in a retailer in, a, in the bayou of Southwest Louisiana as you do in Midtown uh, Manhattan. So appreciate the insights. So today, um, so you were in brokerage for a while as an advisor. Today, you're advising municipalities uh, on how to attract retailers what are some of the things you're telling these municipalities to do like sure. you go and you evaluate you go you go to you know lake charles and you meet with lake charles and lake charles tells you we'd like to do xyz so what do you then what do you do outside of just right i think everyone knows that you might be either calling brokers on behalf or calling retailers, but what do you do to make the opportunity more attractive? Sure. Um, I, I really love to peel back the onion. So on my last trip to Lake Charles, um, we visited the pre and Lake mall, which um, I'll tell you, I mean, that mall, it, it's, it's hurting. It's hurting. And uh, we went into Dillard's, you know, with my executive director, George Swift. We went into Dillard's and, and his lieutenant, Eric, and they introduced me to Paris. Uh, Paris is in Dillard's in men's suits and ties, which I think, Chris, you'll agree with me in these post-COVID years, men's suit and ties, you know, not exactly Lululemon. And meeting Paris and talking to him. He, he told me what you and I, what everyone knows. He says, look, Richard, I work really hard. He says, I work really hard. And he says, whether you're in Lake Charles or Paris, France, there are weddings and there are funerals. And he says, so the weddings and the funerals, that kind of keeps the men's soup business going. And again, he works really hard. So I'm able to then take that story from Paris with the executive director and, and tell the story of Lake Charles. Because today, obviously, everyone's interested in the data, the data, the data. Everyone needs the data, and, and they do, and they do, Chris. But it is important to meet the gentleman like Paris, who works in the Dillard's department store in the mall, and to get his insight, relay that to other people in retail, in the restaurant business, give them the flavor of a place like Lake Charles. Okay, so you let some other people focus on the data and you focus on the story. I have to, I have to, I have to, I can't, I cannot ignore, I cannot ignore the data, but we were both just in Las Vegas. So we had a meeting in Las Vegas with Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A made the great point. They said, look, the data, and, and obviously, They've got their own data, Chick-fil-A, and then they can use some outside data. 
And they, they, they made the great point at the meeting that perhaps Lake Charles is the right market for us, that the data shows that. They still need to visit Lake Charles, kick the tires, and they love talking to people like Paris in men's suits because, Chris, as you and I both know, he's on the front lines seven days a week, 365 days a year. Sure. In what's been from uh, the business you're in today where you help business improvement districts, what's been your biggest success story? Okay, sure. So as far as uh, success, a few of them that just come to mind. So when Ulta, when Ulta opened a couple of years ago at 34th Street in Herald Square, okay, and after the deal was signed, uh, the broker called me and he says, hey, Richard, I got to thank you. He says, because the data, you know, the data that, that, that you gave me, some of the market intel that you gave me. Well, were you working, me. were you working, just real quick, and I don't mean to interrupt, but you, were you working on behalf of the 34th Street District to bring in Ulta? Is that what you were doing at that? Well, we work at the 34th Street Partnership to, to help all the brokers, to help all the landlords, to help all the tenants. So in that case, yeah, I was helping the broker. Got okay? it. But I, I do not I do not broker the deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we leave that to the brokers. But we're there. We're there to be advocates for, for the district. Um, so that that was, you know, a, a, a big win. I'm happy to tell you that my people outside of Nashville, Laverne, Tennessee, um, early next week, the very first BJ's Wholesale Warehouse Club will open in Laverne. And we uh, were ahead of Nashville there. So this is the very first BJ's uh, in the state of Tennessee. They'll they'll open early next week. And and where I get a lot of um, just gratitude there, Bill Zanoni. Of, of BJ's, he singles out my people um, in, in eco development. Thomas Broker, Julie Wilson, their great team, the, the mayor, singling them out, saying that, look, when you're at BJ's, they work on a lot of deals. And granted, some of them don't close. This one not only did it close, it's opening next week, and he singles out my people because they, they, they really, they, all, they pretty much act as a as a broker. They're not brokers, they're in economic development, but he really appreciated what, what they did. And just one last quick one, uh, I think we all know across the country, Crumble is a very successful brand today. Everyone seems to be intrigued by Crumble. I'm happy to tell you that my people in Lake Charles, when Crumble opened, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, in the history of Crumble, which granted is not, you know, uh, a hundred year history, but in the history of Crumble had the greatest grand opening week ever. And Lake Charles, keep in mind, a couple of years ago, decimated by the two worst hurricanes to ever hit the mainland. So we're very thankful that in Lake Charles, things are coming back strong. Got it. Bring me back to the BJ's Wholesale Club. That one was interesting to me. What? So BJ... I guess you met with the the Laverne, Tennessee hires you. Right. So you you get on a call or you get on a plane and you meet with Laverne, Tennessee. Right. 
Both. We, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Laverne uh, easily once, once a year. And what, what I'm really doing, Chris, because before, before I got involved in this advisory business, I uh, have about 35 years of brokerage. So, you know, we use the word advisor. We use the word uh, consultant. What I really am, I'm a coach. I'm in the background as a coach working closely with the people in eco development and on our phone calls i encourage them curse at me scream at me lose your patience with me and we role play and then when they're working with the respective developer or the retailer they have the uh to remain to remain calm to remain calm so I kind of coach them in, in the background. Give me some perspective in time. How long have you been working with Laverne? Been with Laverne probably four years. Okay. How And talk to me about how BJ's came to be there. Long road. Long road. <laughs> it's a long road. Um. Laverne has not one, but two Amazon fulfillment centers. So again, not one, two Amazon fulfillment centers. Uh, you, you're a deal maker. Um, the, 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 main, the main thing I get at, from working with my clients in eco development, most of them tell me they don't get respect. Okay, they don't get respect. And I go back to your story recently, where I think in, in Connecticut, you, you drove a few hours, twice, a few times. Uh, I encourage my people and eco-development. I say, look, if you want respect from the Chris Ressers of the world and from the BJs of the world, you have to earn it. You have to earn it. And you have to do the type of things that you may not want to do. So the, the, the BJs deal was, 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 a, was, as you can imagine, um, a long process. The developer the city, BJ's, again, very happy to tell you it's done. The other thing I do let all my clients know in eco-development, because they say, of course, of course, a BJ's deal is very difficult to do. And they'll say, but if we're doing, if we're doing, you know, uh, a cookie deal with, with some 19-year-olds uh, just starting, that's a simple deal. And I always tell them, I said, no, no deal is simple. Because the priorities of a, of a large corporation like BJ's are different than someone who's just starting as a sole entrepreneur. And I, I let my people know, because many times they'll say to me, how in the 11th hour, how in the 11th hour, Richard, can all these problems be happening? And they're shocked. And I always tell them, I'm not. That's where all the years of deal making comes in. Because in the 11th hour, um, that's when issues you know, can pop up. For sure. I think I think in eco development, one of the challenge is is that it's so different municipality to municipality. So as an as an as an owner of property in multiple markets, they behave, act differently from place to place and they have different responsibilities. So. I think the, the larger 
the larger the municipality, the more impact they typically have, uh, or, or you know, because they have bigger budgets, they have they have things to help them. The small ones might might not. I I think one of the things that what what any business is looking for from economic development is the ability to actually either compress time or to help them navigate the water that they might not know how to do in that specific market. If economic development can do those two things, they would go, it would go a long way. Fully, uh, Fully agree with you in a market that I do not represent, that I do not represent. But in the Palmer Square in Princeton, New Jersey, Hermes is under construction. I believe their construction period is, is going to take about four years. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I understand an Hermes is an elaborate design. OK, still. Um, you could build an entire retirement community in South Florida with a golf course in four years. So I, I, I think there is some time to disconnect with the retailer, with the building owner, and hopefully the business improvement district, the economic development people can help that log jam. Are you a real estate owner or property manager looking to mitigate risk? DLC's insurance and risk management advisor, Smith Brothers Insurance, can help. For 16 years, they've worked with DLC as an outsourced risk management department, providing day-to-day -day services that free up time and make jobs easier. With clients throughout the United States and access to major insurers, Smith Brothers specializes in insuring real estate risk for owners, retail tenants, developers, and property managers. Contact Dave Soule at 860-430-3335 or visit www.smithbrothersusa.com to learn more. I appreciate a lot of the context. One of the premises of this show uh, are stories about how deals came together. You have a story about Madison Jewelers in New York, New York. Take it away, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. So when I was still you know, active in, in brokerage, probably a good, you know, 15 years ago, um, I met the owner of Madison Jewelers. And, um, you know, it probably took a week or so to connect because I walked into the store cold. He called me. We, we, we got to know each other well. It, it took us a while. And he secured a space at 400 Madison Avenue, which was a 500 square foot store. It's a few blocks south of where JP Morgan is building their world corporate headquarters uh, today. Okay. And we did that deal. And then we went on to probably do about another eight or nine deals. In so Madison. hold on. Tell me how that happened. Don't just skip over the details. That, that how did we get to uh how did we get that store in Madison? Sure. Well, it's, it was interesting. If my memory serves me correctly, we didn't know at the time, we did not know at the time that that particular landlord had lost three consecutive deals. So they had lost three consecutive deals. And we all know timing's everything. They had lost three consecutive deals. Alan, 
Alan Mamrut, the owner of Madison Jewelers, he made crystal clear to the ownership of the building, um, you know, I'm ready to go. Put a lease in front of me and I'm going to sign it. And, you know, from a landlord's point of view, that's that's very uh, good to hear from a tenant. Uh, how many tenants actually do it? That's debatable. He did it. We negotiated in a very timely manner. Uh, the store is still there today. OK. And so that deal got done. And then once that store became successful, obviously, at that time, there were other markets in, in Manhattan to go after. They took a mentality. Let's kind of cluster the stores in Midtown and um, pretty much, you know, went on from deal to deal uh, from there. How many stores did they end up putting in Manhattan? Probably at the at the at the high at the high end, he probably had about eight or nine stores. It's so interesting because we're starting to get back to that saturation retail concept, which had been a successful strategy for many retailers for years, and then kind of went away because we have this word called, you know, cannibalizing stores, the C word. And I think now it's starting to come back. Why did he, and I don't know if you know, why did they want to put so many stores clustered around Midtown? He, again, he just believed that he, he had learned that someone that is on Madison Avenue and 47th Street doesn't necessarily get to 6th Avenue and 45th Street, okay, or or um, Lexington and 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 50th, um, or he had a store he had a store on 3rd Avenue and 50th. I think it's similar to the Starbucks. What Starbucks, you know, they've always told me is in a place like Manhattan, Chris has his Starbucks and he goes to that Starbucks all the time and they realize to capture the other people, Chris only goes to his Starbucks. So that's why you have so many Starbucks, uh, obviously, in Manhattan. Alan took a similar position in, in, uh, in Midtown, which needless to say, the last three years with the impact of COVID, um, it's not the midtown of of back of back then. Got it. Well, and 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 this person did some interesting stuff after the stores. Why don't you talk about what Alan did? You know, after he started to open some retail stores. Right. Right. So keep in mind when I met Alan, he was twenty two years old. And um, so as the retail business continued to evolve, he got more and more involved in the e-commerce business. You know, uh, the, the opposite end of the brick and mortar store, he got more and more involved a as a manufacturer, okay, wholesaler in the e-commerce world. And unbeknownst, unbeknownst to me, you know, we would always keep in touch, the, the phone, the email. Uh, I, I don't know. In the, uh, about 2019, 
uh, him and I grabbing coffee. We're having coffee. And I, I mentioned to him uh, that I had to fly to Ontario. I said, I don't fly to LAX. I had some business out in Southern California. And I said, I fly to Ontario airport, not an airport most people know about. He jumped in. He says, Ontario. He says, I, have a, I, I, rent, I, I rent warehouse space in Ontario. He says, I'd love you. I'd love you to help me out there. So keep in mind, again, this is 3,000 miles from New York, and I'm certainly not licensed in Ontario, but I have a friend who um, is a pretty uh, prolific player, and he introduced me to another Alan <laughs> who is a top broker in what they call uh, the Inland Empire of Southern California, okay, the Inland Empire. And he introduced me to Alan it's ironic, both of them are named Alan. And I said to the broker, I said, look, I'd like you to meet, you know, th this gentleman. He's now leasing. He's now leasing a, a warehouse space in the Inland Empire. They met. Um, it took about six months, which I know you'll say, gee, that's not long at all. It took about six months. And he ended up purchasing a 130,000 square foot warehouse in the Inland uh, Empire in Southern California. So that worked out well, you know, for the principal, worked out well for the broker, and I I'm a collaborator. That's what I do. So I made the collaboration there from the, you know, for the principal, the people that sold the building, and obviously uh, the broker. And while all this is going on, um, the industrial marketplace in the in Inland Empire, it just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And as they say, kind of became white hot. It became white hot. So last summer, last summer around this time, the same broker approached Allen um, with a, a buyer for the 130,000 square foot warehouse and uh again the market appreciates so much he ended up selling that building that he had bought uh basically three years later for a record price in 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 the inland empire okay he ended up selling that building last summer he then took the proceeds from the sale of that building last summer and made a really bold move he said to me, Richard, I, I want to deploy that money in Midtown Manhattan in an office building. And again, you know, this was a kind of, kind of a bold move. First uh, off, he's a retailer, not a real estate owner. Right, right. But he, he well, he is. He, he started as a retailer. He's today. He's not only a retailer. He's a real estate owner. He's diversified. He, he's in several different businesses. So I said to him, OK, again. I can collaborate. I can introduce you to a top um, broker of uh, investment sales in New York. I introduced him to Eric. I introduced him to Eric. And uh, I'm happy to tell you the week before Christmas, this past Christmas, he closed um, on an office building in, in the West 30s, you know, in Midtown Manhattan. And I would just say, because a lot of people scratch their head, and what Alan believes is if you buy the right building, 
at the right price at the right time and you have patience, which I think you and I both know most people don't have. Alan today is probably about 36 years old. And throughout my career, I, I can add this. When you're 36 years old, you do have more patience than someone that's 66 years old. So, you know, he, he believes in the, uh, in the office building, connected him there. So what I just find interesting, this all started, this all started with a 500 square foot store. We went across the country, 130,000 square foot warehouse, bought, then sold, and then, and then the, uh, the office, you know, the office building uh, in Manhattan. And as much as Michael Douglas said in Wall Street, if you need a friend, get a dog. I remember that from the movie Wall Street. Happy to tell you, uh, built a great, great friendship, you know, uh, with Alan, obviously the two brokers. It's all about collaboration. And just one last quick piece on collaboration. because I, I think that's such a critical word. In my advisory business, when someone tells me, hey, I need that the heavy cell phone data. I, I need to have an architect on, on, on premise. I need a hotel feasibility study. I'm able to tell them, okay, I have my strategic partner, my good friend, uh, Casey Kidd, Navi Retail, based in Fort Worth and Memphis. And when a city needs the items I just mentioned, the hotel feasibility study and the heavy cell phone data and the architect on premise we, we can bring in the, the whole team there uh with navi retail got it i think it's a it's an interesting story you know of success starting with a retail store and this entrepreneur ending up with multiple retail stores then uh and you know industrial warehouse to wholesale some product then decided to leverage that into an office building and uh and and that's a, a dicey market right now so we'll see what happens there yeah uh but really cool story thank you for sharing i think uh i don't i haven't been to madison jewelers i'm gonna go check out their store for sure um I, it's a really uh cool story i think you do bring up a good point on the collaboration it's and, and i would characterize it as You've done a, a good job of, you know, once you've made a relationship with staying in touch and keeping tabs on that relationship and always being there to help. And that has led to opportunities for you. And I think that's a, a really good point. But listen, Richard, I really appreciate the time today. I want to take us to the last part of the show. Call it Retail Wisdom. I got three questions for you. Are you ready? I'll try. All right. Question one, what extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? That's easy. Uh, Blockbuster. Used to love taking my kids to Blockbuster. Um, they'd love also getting the candy. And uh, I, would, I would love getting the candy at Blockbuster. Great. Question two, what's the last item over $20 you bought in a store? Had a head to Las Vegas uh, like yourself a few weeks ago for ICSC. Wanted to buy myself a new pair of shoes. What store? Um, store uh, Garmani in Red Bank. Got it. Last question. If you and I were shopping, Richard, in Target, and I lost you, 
what aisle would I find you in? That's the easiest one of all. Uh, I am a two-time grandpa, and I'm proud to say I'm a vibrant two-time grandpa. <laughs> and uh, when 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 you're a grandpa, uh, the most important aisle in Target is the toy aisle. It certainly is. Richard, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate your insights and sharing your story. Um, stay in touch, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.